Welcome to the eighth episode of the Food Can Fix It podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Stixert from EAT. Today we're joined by two civil society activists from Peru, Chef Carissa Becerra Biagioni, who founded the NGO La Revolución, which is all about educating children about real food, and Sandro Salcedo, who initiated Sobra Mesa, an initiative led by women in the gastronomy sector to support the SDGs. We talked to them about retraining children's taste buds, educating the regulators, making the industry step up to the plate and malnutrition in the midst of abundant availability of fresh produce. So Sandra and Carissa, welcome to the EAT podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're delighted to have both of you here on the sidelines of the Eat Stockholm Food Forum 2018. Now, you were here with a group of chefs from all over the world. Can you tell, me, can you tell us what brought you here? Well, um, yes, we came as a, as a Peruvian uh, group. With I'm a chef, and we came with another chef, that's Arlet Euler. But we also came because we have some projects and some kind of solutions to the whole themes that we're talking about. So mm-hmm. we came to figure out what's uh, happening in the world and if the solutions that we have could work, no? Because this is very interesting. So um, I have an NGO that does food education for children. So we teach them how to eat and how to think by eating, by, by teaching them how to, how to eat. So that methodology uh, let lets us um, change the consumers, no? Since they're very little, of so course. we change the the system. So, what's the name of your NGO? La Revolución. La Revolución. That pretty yeah, much that explains what you're that. trying to do. <laughs> That's so really that should be the name. <laughs> yes. And so, how do you go about educating them? Do you go to schools, or do you do this in kindergartens, or do you take them away to teach them about these things? How do you? Or is it through the parents? Well. We teach the whole chain. We teach the parents, the teachers, and the kids. But we have developed a methodology that can be inserted in the school curricula because we think that should be taught in school in any subject. So we have designed some programs that can that the teachers can insert in their daily uh, teaching schedule. So we teach them from uh, what... Um, uh, of, from how, how to taste food or how, how to explore food with our senses. From that, mm-hmm. we do taste education because we think taste is one of the uh, most important weapons. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. They, can, they can choose good food by, um, by tasting them. We, we teach them how to learn to taste good food. Mm. We especially do that with chocolate now. We, because it's a good way of teaching you what's good food and what's not, what's, what's a good chocolate good and chocolate what's and not bad a bad chocolate. Cho- what's a okay. bad chocolate? So what's a good chocolate and what's a bad chocolate? Well, a good chocolate is the one that has chocolate, cocoa beans, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing, the first thing, because we have chocolate that's not chocolate in Peru. That doesn't have any cocoa any in it. Cocoa any in cocoa. Any, any, any. Wow. So what we do is we promote them to eat um, a healthy diet, mm. but... You know, there's a thing with pleasure, and chocolate's a good way to start with changing your habits. You know? So we have a lot of cheap chocolate that's not cheap 
fake chocolate. Yeah. Mm. So we teach them to eat chocolate for, uh, that's seventy percent or eighty percent, and we teach them where it comes from. Mm. No, and they they taste the cocoa bean on the 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 the, copo, the cocoa pod, the cacao pod. Yeah, yeah. And they taste them. They know. They they learn when it changes from that flavor to the traditional chocolate flavor. So they they learn the whole the whole um, process. The whole process. They of add the sugar. They make their own chocolate. So then their taste is immediately changed. So there's no way back. That's fascinating. So you also you're also developing <clears throat> their their taste because very dark chocolate is an acquired taste i have an ongoing discussion that there's a home with my husband who absolutely <laughs> hates chocolate that's got more than 80 percent in it so it's 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 he, he he finds it bitter i find it delicious you can that, you change people's tastes of course mm. our our taste is our taste is modeled by our history mm. by our culture no so you if you expose kids to the right things they'll learn to like them and if they're if they're not horrible, no, yeah. in, in, then it's there's not a, a problem. No? But the other the, the other thing is that we work with um, chocolate that's made with native cocoa beans from Peru that that are uh, are endangered. No, they we we change our our cocoa trees for trees that were more productive. So we were losing our biodiversity. So what kids do when they 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 don't only choose a good food but they learn that with making the, a good choice or making an informed choice um they conserve biodiversity so they're an active part of the conservation and so it's a you can do that with all the mm. every food mm. so no, it's, it's no longer just, just, just one food. example so kids get really interested in they they're an act they they're doing something while eating something yeah. they like and it's pleasurable. No? And then in the process, you also t so, teach them about biology and their culture exactly. and their heritage and, yes. and, and all this. Yes. Now, how did this come about? What was it that made you create this NGO? Oh, <laughs> well, this took a while, <laughs> like five years. A lot of genius ideas too. A <laughs> lot of time. Well, I had a kid. And I, I'm involved in the in the in the food business for more than twenty years, but when I had a kid, you you don't realize the evolution of human being until you have a kid close to you. Mm. Now and then you understand that you're responsible, a hundred percent of that human being. So things, it just I I felt that that was what I had to do. I felt that every kid should have a chance to have a good life. And in Peru, that doesn't happen. So, and the beginning of a good life is to develop your physically and cognitively. Mm. Like in the first stage, you need to eat properly so you can develop your brain and you have all the opportunities. Mm. If that doesn't happen, anything is going to happen. You're mm. going to have a handicap mm. all Especially your life. Especially the first thousand days so are the most important. I became really sensitive about that, the feeling that there were kids that were not going to have they were going to be handicapped at five mm. so we have a, a huge population that's already have have a handicap yeah so besides that i understood that well if you don't develop your brain properly you won't be able to think yeah so they don't teach you how to think and physically you won't be able you to, won't have do the ability it. to do it so we won't change anything so 
those were the t- two main things that I discovered with maternity. Yeah. Then it was like, okay, I need to feed this kid properly, mm-hmm. so he has to develop properly, and I have to teach him how to think. And and but one thing is is teaching them about good food and and how to choose good food and how to understand where it comes from. But another thing is 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 the access to it uh, and and enabling them to to actually have access to it, which is not the case for everybody. How 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 do you tackle that challenge? Well, I was told the other day we were in a meeting, and someone asked me if in Peru there were food deserts. Mm. There are no food deserts in Peru. No That's not our problem. Okay. Our, we have other problems, but we do have healthy, good food everywhere. We have fruits and vegetables everywhere. And it's, it's affordable not to that everyone. It's not that uh, expensive. Mm. You can have a good diet. We have, of course, we have poverty, but you can have good food even in poverty. Not in extreme poverty, but... We do have markets everywhere, mm. everywhere, street mm. markets with their fruits and vegetables. We don't have as much as processed foods as you have in, in North America or in Europe. We don't. So what is it that, so if you have all this, if you have access to all this fresh food and produce, why is it that people go for the, for the less healthy options? Why, why do we have one in three kids with anemia, mm. so it it it's a it's a complicated problem because um, we have changed our way we eat because we have we are in the globalization mm. movement. That's that's the way it is, and of course we have also um, we have less amount of time exp- spent in in preparing food. Mm. People have to work more to have money. Mm. That's what's going on. People don't have time. So they choose the prepared food or processed food because there's no time and there is uh, this other thing that we have a lot of influence from outside. It seems that our native food or fresh food is not as good as the processed food. But we're, we're going through that. She knows a lot more about what's going on exactly with with that issue. Sandra, jump in here. Please tell us more. Well, uh, hi. (laughs) Uh, I think it's a very, very complex problem, but I think also that the cultural perspective uh, is is a a point of view we we should address to. well, I think that the processed, very highly processed food is also an aspirational thing. People, uh, modernization and the idea of uh, uh, living in a, a modern life goes with processed food, mm. too. So uh, I think this is part of the um, difficult side of globalization, you know. Uh, I mean... Uh, Countries like Peru and on and other countries where you live with uh, poverty and at the same time, as Carissa was saying, a lot of food available. Uh, I, I also I wanted to add something. Uh, I think there is a a, a difference between uh, uh, the fact that there is the food, but a difference with the access to the food. Mm. 
Just mm. there is the food, but not necessarily you have access because you don't have the money or you don't have the knowledge to, to choose. Mm. That's a way to, to, to don't have access, access when you don't know what to choose. So uh, in that sense, uh, I think the, the cultural and social perspective is, a, is a, a thing that we need to address too. So... Well, uh, you know, the, the double charge of anemia, for instance, yes. with uh, obesity, this double is something that, yes, this is, this is uh, well, killing us. Yeah, literally, yeah. it is, yeah. it is, yeah. it is. Yeah. it's yes, a greater it threat than, than, than tobacco and, and, and alcohol and all the things yes. that combined. Exactly, so uh, the same as, as Carissa, uh, well, the, the, the necessity to think uh, on... Uh, our children and the future of a country of a country that is actually a new country because uh, a new republic we have just 200 years being uh, uh, an independent republic and we are building it mm. so uh, we need to to imagine and to think what do we want to be and it goes also through what we eat no? Yeah, um, so it's part of your cultural identity, and it's part of yeah. It's it's, it's very much part especially of especially for us. Yes, yeah, yes. Why we, especially for you? We really are what we eat. It's yeah. just <laughs> it's something that we were so proud of, mm. and it, we're so proud of something that's very uh, um, not so. Uh, uh, strong, really so. yeah, yeah, mm. like, like it moves. moving, it, yeah, moving yeah. 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 No? yeah. Do you spend a lot of time um, targeting women in particular, given that women are often the ones who who, who buy the food, who who cook it most of the time, who perhaps inspire mm -hmm. the children to teach them? Is that an important component of the work that you do? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, actually, we we have been uh, thinking and 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 talking about the the role of, of women in the in the whole chain, no, mm -hmm. in the whole food chain, and and this is how I'll tell you now that we uh, have started um, some kind of of movement of platform called Sobremesa. Sobremesa is what you do after eating this this. Uh, talks that you have when you when you are with friends or with family uh, with the coffee after eating there's so, a word for that it's, yeah. the, it's, the, it's the conversation you have after dinner you yes, have. yes. so word. that's Sobre Mesa and that's the name we have uh, chosen to 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 bring uh, women from different um, moments or, or, or points of the whole food chain uh, I mean, uh, pe women working in media, in the academy, chefs, people, women working in the gastronomic uh, world mm. in Peru. And to work and think together and propose together uh, from a female perspective, uh, how can we uh, address all these issues around food? Uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, not only gender issues, we're talking about Things like the ocean. Um, how are we going to deal with with trash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. trash. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do with children, uh, education, and all these different uh, aspects of uh, being uh, beings that yeah. eat. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. So where do you have these? Where where, where do they take place? 
Well, it takes place in, now in in Lima, in the place where uh, La Revolución is happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, spreading uh, the revolution. Yes. Yeah. And uh, well, we are we are actually uh, working uh, with the with with the Chef Manifesto and the SDG Two Hub. So we are planning to to make an activation soon in in Peru, and using the Sobremesa platform to to spread the word, and to to share with 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 chefs and the whole community what is all this thing of uh, thinking different about how are we going to re- to get related with our food and the whole system. And so, how do you what do you think is the role of chefs in 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 uh, in in catalyzing this change to a more sustainable food system that we're trying to achieve here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they have a huge role in um, in modeling consumption. Also, no, they don't know. No, they don't. They don't really know the power of their like the menu they serve or the cho- the cho- the the. The, 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 the choice, choices they make yeah. when they buy their produce, no, they they they're like important in in educating their consumers no, for us. On the other side, in Peru, there's a big movement of food and of chefs that are very respected. No, so their word is very important okay. there. But we think we need to address it. We we think we need to to bring together everyone in the chain. Mm. Everyone. Mm. Now, the chefs can do their little part, but they cannot do everything. It's just so difficult. It's a huge thing. And they have their restaurants and they have their own mm. things to do. They need to and work. this is a lot of work. <laughs> but yeah. you are, like you just said, I mean, you are a link in the food chain. So you are Definitely. linked with the consumers, Definitely. you're a link it's with the smallholder so farmers. Important. You must probably also be a link with the with the with the food producers yes. and what you ask from everyone, the companies that are everyone. producing. So yeah. and they are opinion leaders. Mm. Yes, so that's, that's the that's most important yes. thing. Yeah. People listen to them, and that's fantastic for us. Yes, so you now have they a have to know exactly. Mm. And but also they, as they are very exposed, they need to be very informed. No, because it's, they demolish you if you don't say the right things. The, this is a almost like a war, mm-hmm. no? Us against the the the. Who are they? Yes, exactly. So they, who are they? Yeah. Oh, the industry, the mm-hmm. huge industries that they feel that they're threatened. No, the, if we change consumption, then things have to change. Mm-hmm. No, it's and a natural resistance. It's, it's a natural resistance. Exactly. But we have to help them try to find we profitability. Have to. Exactly. In, 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 in natural resources. Exactly. And, well, and that happened. They shouldn't be mutually exclusive, the profitability and the sustainability exactly. in the long term if you can exactly. survive. That happens to us because we need funding all, all the time. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works for education. Mm-hmm. And we were receiving a lot of proposals from the big industries. And I would say there's no way, don't come near any any anywhere near close mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And at at one point, I sat down with one of these uh, industries, and they told me, "Well, how can we do it?" And how I'm like, "There's change? no way." Mm-hmm. And I found a way. After thinking a lot, I okay, I'll change the market, and you change your products. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So we're testing uh, one of our programs to see if with food education, we can 
really change the new consumer. So they can change some products and test them if these consumers would no, buy them. Fine, that's a good way. Mm-hmm. For us, it's great, because, mm-hmm. but they have to commit they have to, to do commit. the right thing, and I need to trust them. So you educate the consumer, and you help them find tastiness in, exactly. in, in the healthier-ish products. Exactly. That on the, on the, and then, but the, the, the agreement is that then the, the industry has to step up to the plate, literally. Exactly. The deliver. industry has to, and they have to be honest, and they have to be transparent. And because we're dealing with kids, no, mm-hmm. adults can choose. They can do whatever they want with their lives. Okay, you can choose. But kids, they're very vulnerable. I'd always say that adults can choose up to a certain point, but if you don't know, if you uh, haven't exactly. experienced what, what anything Sandra else, says. and if you haven't, mm-hmm. if you don't know, if you don't know what things are in exactly. the shop, you're also vulnerable. You're also vulnerable, and you also have mm-hmm. limited choices. So yeah. it's, and it's, the problem um, is the kids depend on those on the parents, parents that don't know how to choose. So it's a it's a whole problem now. But we found this way of working, and I think it's going to work out. Uh, in Peru, it's more difficult, more even more difficult than in, in oh, well, in place. South America, it's more difficult. No? But we have the example of Chile, it, no? It's more difficult because? Because the industry is more resistant to change. They, have, they are really far away from working and through it, wellness. Mm-hmm. They, they, wellness is not something. It's not a word, they, no. even. It's not a word. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 we have also to consider that very probably to say it that way uh, the um, the battles you you win here uh, uh, makes them these big industries industries to move to the south okay uh, so because they need to move yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh, well we just need to be prepared and with okay, all so the lessons to fight back. Yes. so the, 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 the restrictions that they get in, in, in the global north when yes, they get when, they get, uh, when yeah. their market shrinks they move yes, down to countries exactly. such as Peru and they exactly. strengthen mm-hmm. their presence the natural there. movement yeah. mm. no this is something that, that is, is happening and well we, we need to, to have the, the lessons learned from uh, contexts like this like the eat forum mm. to be prepared and to 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 know how to deal with it now we've talked about we've talked about several important stakeholders here we've talked about the consumer <laughs> we've talked about um uh, the farmers we've talked about uh the private sector the food producers what about government mm-hmm. what is the role of the government and policy makers well, in I this just posted yeah, it's it's we yeah you just we just on Instagram. yeah yeah because we just we have just uh, listening the to the, the Chilean to the, the senator Chilean from Chile, senator. Yes. yeah Chilean is a, is a, a an, an example for us. for us no you know it's been so close and uh, such a different uh, reality yeah. I mean from from Peru to Chile uh, that uh, I mean it's it's, it's uh, for us inclusive it's, it's amazing how can it happen but the the role of government is is I mean it's, it's, it's crucial is is mm-hmm. uh, the thing is that uh, government uh, are in Peru uh, they have a, a big problem that it's because they uh, we are thinking on developing, we are thinking on uh, getting out of poverty, but at the same time, uh, for to, to end with poverty, you need to move the industry. Mm-hmm. No, so and you need consumption mm-hmm. and you need a lot of things to 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 tackle that that uh, problem. So uh, 
you have to be very, very smart and very, very responsible to choose and uh, to decide what kind of industry is that one that you will uh, need or you will want to, to for that development. So, uh, I mean, it's a... It's well, we're here representing <laughs> yeah. a part of the government, yeah. actually. Yeah. A part of the government that we do uh, think they do their best. Yes. That they promote gastronomy. Yeah. And innovation. So, Which and part innovation. of the government is that? That's, uh, it's called Prom Peru. Uh -huh. So they really promote uh, gastronomy, innovation, and tourism. And that's fantastic because mm -hmm. it helps us um, understand that gastronomy is really important for us it's really important to be to take care of the whole like uh ecosystem of gastronomy but then you have the ministry of uh health and education yeah that they don't even they don't they, don't they are not that. even thinking about this they yes. they they think that these are uh things that belong to the very very uh a far away future they they mm. i'm 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 telling the exactly the same words they they use. Yeah? So we need to educate the Ministry Absolutely. of Education. Yeah, well, that's a, a way to put it. Or uh, or B. We need to get someone else elected. <laughs> you have a lot more institutionality. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. that it's strong institutionality, mm. and you have real democracy. So you are opinionated. You mm. know what you're saying. You vote for whoever really represents you and that is for me mm. it's the same problem mm. nobody knows how to think nobody takes care about thinking you know mm. nobody is, sits down and says okay what is good what what do i have to do yeah. now everything is so immediate everything is so guttural it's the, it's I the don't whole know. the whole cosmovision you know it's the way they uh People perceive uh, the order of the things, the priorities. So, but it's, it's easy also to to understand this because if you uh, need to deal with poverty, with uh, very difficult health issues, and at the same time uh, you need to talk about sustainability and you need to talk about uh, organic food and I mean so several different things uh, that. Uh, just to, 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 to show the picture, is something like while you are giving one step, we need to give three steps yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So we can reach the, the, the goal at the same time. Well, you really end. need to have several thoughts in your head because it's just like if you're going to change the entire system, you can't just focus on health, you no. can't just focus on it's education, perfect. you can't just focus on agriculture, you can't just focus on climate change. No. You're going to have to find solutions across uh -huh. the board. And that yes. means having the Minister of, of Agriculture talk to the Minister of Education, talking to the Minister of... Yeah. <laughs> Carissa saying it's not happening. Yeah. But that's a problem in many countries. Yeah. But in countries, this is as much a problem in, in, in the United States we have on the one side, you know, massive subsidies in the agricultural front exactly. to crops that are going to, to animal feed and, and primarily into junk food. But at the same time, the Ministry of Health is battling with it uh, with an enormous um, burden of health costs due to spiraling diseases, non-communicable diseases. So it's it's, it's this is a problem that, that many but, countries face. But that's face. that's why we 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 came up with the sobremesa. We need to sit together around the table and start talking, all of us. Using astronomy as an excuse. Yeah, exactly. And that brings me nicely to the last question that I have, which is a question that we ask all our guests on our podcasts. Uh, when you, because eat is all about eating healthy and sustainably, and also 
deliciously. So when you invite friends and family over for dinner for a healthy and tasty and delicious meal, what do you prepare for them? Please, Clarissa, you. Oh, no, no. You both have to answer, Sandra. So, so, this, you okay, can't, you okay. can't pick your questions. Okay, this is an answer okay. for both well, of you. I organize my family for doing things really easy. So I have some kind of protein. I have some kind of grains ready. We eat a lot of quinoa. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of vegetables. And that's what we eat. We have some kind of protein. We have, uh, I don't know. Oh, we have almost quinoa every day. Oh, really? And then we have a lot of vegetables. We have a lot of different kinds of foods available every day. So it's not that I make something special. Mm. Every day is healthy for us. Every day is good food for us. We're privileged. Mm. You are privileged. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And, well, I'm more privileged <laughs> because I have time. Mm. And that time to cook, that's if you just fry an egg <laughs> and have some tomato salad, that's delicious. The um, privilege is having the time to do it. Frying an egg and making a tomato salad shouldn't take doesn't take very long. So no, everyone can have time. But to everybody do that complains that they don't have they time. They don't have time. That's true. Well, they don't make the time. Mm -hmm. Sandra, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm still going to well, ask you what no, you did. No, I know, I know. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What what is the 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 delicious and what else sustainable and all these elements? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be all three. But I know that given. But you must be. You are preoccupied with this, given that your your involvement is sort of messed and all the rest of it. So I'm well, assuming that you're not. Very, something very easy, actually. I I, I discover. I just discovered this uh, cauliflower rice that is very very nice. I just. Uh, Chop it, chop, chop it, it, slice yeah. it, yeah, and I mix it with some kind of protein and all the vegetables I have in the fridge, and it works very, very tasty. I have something to say. It's I, we have heard a lot here about the uh, food-based uh, because we all plant said protein, mm -hmm. plant-based uh, diet, diet. Yeah, the importance of moving to plant-based for us, diet. yeah, in Peru. That's kind of difficult and different mm. because as we have all these uh, anemia, anemia rates, yeah. Yeah. one really. of every two uh, children, children are they anemic. are yeah. yeah. So we, for us, it's very important yeah. to eat innards. Yeah. So it's important to eat blood. It's important to eat uh, liver. So it, it's interesting. This has been very interesting mm. for us because we have found out. Oh, this is a different world. They yeah. have different needs. Yes. There are different There's challenges. Some, they're, they're in some yeah. other part of the of the yeah. story, yeah. no? And that's why we told you we have some yeah. proteins. She told you she, you yeah. I mix it with some protein. Yeah. Would we say that we don't say beans? Mm. Mm. We say some kind of chicken some or some of, kind of yeah. beef or some kind of fish. Yeah. yeah. No. No. So it's it's that's important. Interesting. It's important that you say that, and that that the, the debate is nuanced because it's. Um, it tends to be very focused on the on the issues that we have in, in a lot of Western countries where the, the one does need to reduce the intake of animal animal proteins, be it red meat or be it exactly. dairy products. But in other parts of the world, we have to increase exactly. uh, the intake of we animal proteins exactly. uh, due to nutritional um, challenges. And yeah. if you think about other proteins like beans, people have to cook them for a really long time. Mm. So it's really expensive, even if the if the bean is not expensive. Mm. So those are different challenges and different stories. Mm. It's interesting. <laughs> It'll have to be for next time. I thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, Carissa and Sandra. It was delightful to hear you. Thank you, thank you so you. much. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thanks.
that concludes today's episode. But we're back next week with our final podcast recorded on the sidelines of the Eat Stockholm Food Forum 2018. Joining us in the studio next is a brilliant Bangladeshi entrepreneur, Shafinas Hossein, who co-founded Foodfresh while she was an undergraduate. Foodfresh is an affordable solar-powered storage solution for smallholder farmers to tackle post-harvest loss. In the studio with me was producer Gustav Glomsetz. I'm Marianne Stixet, and you've been listening to the Food Can Fix It podcast, produced by EAT.